0: Happy, 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 happy New Year! Oh, come on, you got to be happy, which means you got to at least smile. Come on, help me out. Happy New Year! Happy New Decade! Wow, I, I got thinking about how old will I be at the end of this decade. I didn't like that thought, actually. Hey, I just want to encourage you. I know it's already been said, but the Bible says we have not because we ask not. And so I want us to be bold enough to pray big, God-sized prayers for 2020. I want you to write them down. Lay them on the altar before you go. Let's believe God For the incredible, the unusual, the supernatural. Come on, I'm in the right church here. I'm in the right place. I just want want to make sure. So let's believe God together because God is good. How are you doing? Doing good? We are kicking off a series uh, this month called 2020 Vision because we would like you all to be visionaries. We'd like you to ask yourself the big question, why am I here? Not just why am I in this church, why am I here? How many of you are still above ground? If your neighbor didn't raise their hand, You're still above ground. You are here in 2020 for a purpose. And vision, vision clearly sees things as they are and as they could be. I'd like you to have clarity of how things are, but clarity as to what it could be. Clarity about your life, your relationships, your marriage, as it is and as it could be. Clarity about where your life is with God now in this moment but clarity of how much it could grow in 2020, how much more you could become uh, uh, as a, a man of God, a woman of God. See it. I guess I could ask the question, can you see it? Can you feel it in your soul? A vision of how our community is, our nation is, our world is right now. But then to see beyond how it is, imagine what it could be. Can you see it? Beyond the natural. I think that's sometimes why we close our eyes when we pray. So we can see life through God's eyes. I believe in the power of vision. Do you know that I live, we live, my wife and I, my family, we live in Sarasota because of a spiritual vision? 1996, I was minding my own business. I was in prayer, a beautiful, spirit-filled time of prayer. Just humbled before God. I wasn't thinking about anything but God and God invaded my mind with a vision of Sarasota. It was, it was an aerial vision of, of this area. And I, I didn't know a lot about it. We'd been here maybe nine or ten years before. So pretty much I knew there was a beach. And in this aerial vision of this I saw the beach but the beach wasn't just on the beach the beach stretched way back like a, like a desert the whole county was like a desert this whole area was like a desert and and I felt the Lord saying to me in the vision I want to visit that area. So I just began to pray while I was in the vision and as I prayed waterfowl, deluge of water. I now know it as a tropical rain. I didn't know that at that time. Like a rain landed in this area and a lushness and a green uh, life just sprang forth. And then... like artesian wells underneath the ground burst up and water rushed out from this area. I came home from that prayer time. I said, Darla, we need to pray for Sarasota. I think God has put Sarasota on our prayer agenda, but that vision is why we're here today. Vision will change your life, especially if it's a God-given vision. This is a good time for us to like take a moment in prayer to say, Lord... I want to be open to your Holy Spirit. I want to be open at seeing 2020 through your eyes because the Holy Spirit wants to do amazing things in your life this year. Do you know he wants to pour his Holy Spirit on you? Are there any guys in the audience where are you, men? Where are you, men? Any guys? Any men in the room? Come on. You can just say, I'm here, or say, I'm here. Any, any, any women, any mojers in the room? Ah, yeah. So here is what Peter, as he's preaching in Acts chapter 2, says. He says, in these last days, and we're in these days. God is going to pour out his Holy Spirit on all of the guys and all of the girls, all of the sons and all of the daughters. That qualifies as everyone in the room. This qualifies all of us. Your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy, which means God wants to put his word in your mouth. And when his word is in your mouth, it's power. I could just encourage you, this is not what I'm talking about, but get your words out of your mouth and get his words in your mouth. His words are as powerful in your mouth as they are in his mouth. That's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing right there, but it's true. God wants to prophesy through you. And then he says this. And through your young men, I want to give visions. Through your old men, I want to give dreams. And it's just saying that visions and dreams are the language of the Holy Spirit. He will show you things as they're going to be. He will show you this year as it's going to be. And as you look for a vision this year, invite God to be the leader of your vision. Because Peter says it in Acts chapter 2, and as you read the book of Acts, which is the history of that first church, you see that vision shaped humanity in that book of Acts. Vision and visionary people changed the future. So we're just going to take three incidents in the book of Acts where vision directed people. And we're going to look at three elements of a God-given vision. And as you look at this year, if you're you're having a God-given vision for this year, it will have these elements in your vision. Uh, As we read, so the prophecy is given in Acts chapter 2. The first person that we see receiving a vision is in Acts chapter 9. And here's the kind of vision that he receives. It's a vision about winning people that are far away from God into the family of God. And it's a vision about loving tough people. See, your vision is to love easy people. You know, the ones that are kind and gentle and the ones that gave you great Christmas gifts. I could love them. But a God-sized vision will ask you to love people who aren't easy to love. The man's name was Ananias. He lived in a city called Damascus. Damascus was a city that Saul, later to be called Paul, was on his way to with one agenda, to persecute the Christians. At this point in his life, he was a tough man. If this was a cowboy movie, he would be dressed in all black. He would be headed towards Damascus. But God met him on the road to Damascus. God knocked him off his whatever he was riding. God encountered him and spoke to him. He couldn't see. He was blinded from the experience. Now God appears to Ananias and gives him a vision. And uh, I just want to point this out that the only qualification that Ananias had for receiving the vision. Can you see it in the first line? He was a disciple. Are there any disciples in the house? This, this is a, he, was a, he wasn't the apostle. He wasn't the pastor. He, he, was, he was a disciple. If you are a disciple of Christ, you are a candidate to be a visionary in 2020. But here's the kind of disciple you need to be. You need to be a here am I, Lord, disciple. When the vision comes, he was. this is why God gave him the vision, because he was a here-am-I kind of guy. So I would love you to be a here-am-I disciple this year. I'd like your heart to be wide open, especially in this first full week of the year. Here am I, Lord. I, I'd love that to be a prayer in your heart, because if it's a prayer in your heart, God will respond to it. Can you pray it today? Here am I, Lord. No, can you pray it today? Here I am. Come on, one more time. That, that's, that was his request. Here am I. Here am I. I'm a here am I kind of person. And God says, I'm going to give you a vision of a bad man. I'm going to give you a vision of a tough hombre. A tough mujer. A bad person. In fact, in fact here's, what, here's what Ananias says. Hey, I know about this guy. He's got a reputation. He's coming from Jerusalem, and I know the evil he has done. He is a bad man. And it's okay when you have a vision from God to have a conversation with God about what you're seeing. Really, God? You want me to reach him, you want me to reach her? Have you noticed that some people are just tough? They've got hard hearts. They're they're tough towards Jesus. And have you noticed this? That when Jesus gets one of those tough people, they turn into the most powerful witnesses for Jesus Christ. That's what happened in Paul slash uh, Saul. You know, Paul. I just call him Paul. It's what happened to Paul's life. He was a bad man. But well, get this, watch this. As God gives a vision to Ananias and says, Ananias, I want to send you to a man named Paul. In the same chapter, God is giving a vision to a man named Paul and says, there's a guy coming named Ananias. I want to get you guys together. I want to get you guys together. Here is what a God given vision will do. A God given vision in your life will always remove division. Get that? A God given vision will put you in touch with some tough people. There are some people in your world that you know, and maybe you don't even know them, maybe you only know their reputation, and it's not good. And he says, that's the person I would like you to reach in 2020. The unlikely people that you're not even thinking about this morning. But as you say, here am I, as you open your heart to the Holy Spirit, he's going to show you some tough people who are going to be in the kingdom of God because of your obedience to the vision that God gives you. Yeah. Amen. It's good preaching, Scott. Keep it up. Thanks. I will. (laughs) But get this again: God gives a vision to Ananias. God gives a vision to Saul slash Paul, and it brings them together. Because a God-given vision will remove division, and it happens in chapter nine. And the same thing happens in chapter 10. In chapter 10, visions, they're like, um, let me call them bookend visions. Like God is speaking to Ananias, and he's talking to Paul. In chapter 10, he's talking to Cornelius, and he's saying, Cornelius, I've got a surprising plan for you. At the same time, he's talking to the apostle Peter and said, Peter, I've got a surprising plan for you. And he speaks to them in vision because vision just doesn't show them as things are. Vision says, this is how it could be. At this point, there was animosity. I, I could even say hatred. Certainly racial division between the Jews and the Gentiles. And watch in this chapter as God uses visionary power to bring the communities together. He appears to Cornelius, who happens not to be a Jew. He's, he's, I'm sorry, he's an Italian. He didn't make it into the family of Abraham, he made it into the family of Pasquale or something. He's a good man. He's devout, but he's a non-Jew. And there was tension. There's even a prayer that's prayed today. Jewish men pray a prayer. God of the universe, creator of the universe, I thank you that I'm not a woman, a Gentile, or a slave. That, That prayer is not in the Bible. I'm just going to tell you that. It's not a Bible prayer. But it's prayed. It shows you tension. It shows you attention. But when people start receiving visions from God, it. God given vision, people who are empowered by a vision from God, removes division. I'm just going to say that as we enter into an election year. Watch it! I just that's a little prophecy coming out right there. Watch it. Open your heart to the Holy Spirit, and he's going to start bringing you in with people that you are go you know, surprise. Because while God is appearing to Cornelius... And he's saying, Cornelius, I-, I want you to send some men. I want you to get, a, I want you to get some em- emissaries, some of your team, some of your staff, and I want you to send them to Joppa. It's a two-day journey. I want you to send them to Joppa because in Joppa there's a man named Simon. His job is tanning. He's Simon the Tanner. And in his house there's a guy called Peter or Simon Peter. And I want you to go to that house and I want you to get Peter and I want you to bring him two days back to this house. And they're like, we don't even know Peter. Why would he come with us? We are Italians. <laughs> now, come on, remember who the occupying force in Jerusalem, in Israel, was at this time. They were called Romans, also known as Italians. Yeah. Last great thing they ever did. <laughs> Sorry, that was was just, just stupid to say. I'll admit it. Where was I? You don't even know. Okay. You were thinking about lunch, which is exactly what Peter was thinking about. Peter is in Joppa, and while God is speaking to Cornelius, God is giving a vision to Peter who is in Joppa. Joppa. Give me a Joppa. That's important. I want you to remember that word. Joppa. Joppa. Remember. Okay, you got it? This is where Peter is and he's having a vision of lunch. He wasn't listening to the message. He was thinking about lunch. He's on a rooftop in Joppa. And here's the vision he received. It's a vision of food. Some of you have had this vision. Food drops down out of heaven in a vision and it's All kinds of food. Probably some Italian food in there. You know, you know for you Italians that when we had like five people in the church, I had a public prayer request that God would send us Italians. Yeah. I said, so for a couple of reasons. One is, one is, Italians, if, if you're on the right side of them, they really love their pastors. And they have... I love Italian food. I've got two son-in-laws that are Italian, so God heard that prayer, so there you go. Where was I? <laughs> Lunch! The, the, this, this blanket comes down out of the sky. It's filled with food. It's a smorgasbord. It has kosher food. Those dill pickles we all love. But... It also has non-kosher food, food that Jews would call unclean. Lasagna may be in there, I'm not sure. Here's what God says. In the vision, he says to Peter while he's in Joppa, arise and eat. And Peter says, I will not eat unclean food. And God says back to him, you cannot call unclean the things I have called clean. And Peter is so dense, he doesn't get it. This is, gives us hope. For those of you that God has been giving visions and you've been slow to get it, he shows them the vision again. He lets down the food again. He says, arise and eat. And Peter says, I'd love to. I'll get some of those pickles, but I won't touch anything that is unclean. And God says, you should not call unclean the things I've called clean. And Peter still doesn't get it. So for the third time, doesn't this give us hope? Some of you have been receiving the same vision. While you're saying, God, I'm waiting on you, I'm waiting on you. And God said, no, you're not. I'm waiting on you. For the third time, the vision comes down from heaven. For the third time, Peter has the response. In fact, he is still perplexed about the vision. It says, as Peter was Still thinking about this vision. Inwardly he's perplexed. What could this vision be? The guys from Cornelius' house, two days journey arrive at the gate. They're knocking at the gate and he goes, well maybe these Gentiles have something to do with the vision. Maybe I should go with them because God is calling me to win people who will be surprising. They're They're outside of my comfort zone. You get this. You have a comfort zone of your vision for 2020, but God is coloring outside your lines. This is hard for you, control freaks. <laughs> Some of you have already charted out this year, and God is going. Ah. You go, no, no, here. Ah. And Ananias, I want you to reach. Saul, Peter, I want you to get together with the Gentiles. Surprise, because God loves to bring you into a relationship with people you don't like. I'm gonna say that again. God loves to bring you into relationship with people you don't like. Remember now, you gotta stretch a little bit. What city, question, what city was Peter in when he received the vision? Reminding you that that's the city that Jonah was in when he received the vision to reach people he didn't like. Go reach the Assyrians. Go to Nineveh, the capital of Assyria. I know you don't like them, but surprise Peter, go to those Italians. I know you don't like them. You think of them as unclean. But surprise! I love them. There are some surprising people who are not in the church today, but in 2020, they are coming in because some visionary people are going to arise. And they're going to see them not through your eyes. Not through your eyes. Can you see what God does? When God's vision comes, he takes your eyes away and he gives you new eyes. And you go, wow, I didn't know that you loved the guys all in black that were coming to persecute. I didn't know that you loved Italian food. Who knew God? Who knew? To Jonah, I didn't know that you would have anything to do with the Assyrians. I thought you hated them because I hate them. And God says to Jonah, go and bless them. God says to Peter, go and bless those Italians. So he goes and he says, hey, buongiorno. Ciao. What's for dinner? I've got a new diet. And he teaches them. And while he's teaching there in that house of Cornelius. The power of the Holy Spirit falls. And God sweeps non-Jewish people into the kingdom of God because God is not willing that anyone would perish. He wants everybody. Even the ones you think don't deserve being there. Even the ones you think are surprising. He wants them in the kingdom of God. But you've got to receive a vision from God. So it a vision from God is going to reach people that are tough, hard to love, and God's going to give you a love for them. Uh, a vision from God is going to reach some surprising people that you may have written off, but God is bringing in. And a vision from God will always cause you to help new people. You may not even know them yet. And I bring you to the vision that Paul received, called the Macedonian call or the Macedonian vision. It's in Luke chapter uh, 16, and, and Paul has a backstory to this, but he sees a Macedonian, and he's standing, Macedonia, it happens to be in the northern part of Greece. And he sees this man from the northern part of Greece standing in the vision and calling for Paul to come and help us. The backstory is this: Paul had completed what's called his first missionary journey highly successful. He planted churches. Now he's getting ready to go on his, what we call his second missionary journey. And he's planning to go back to the churches he's already established and then plant some new churches. That was his, that was Paul's plan. He was going to go to the west and to the southwest, but the Bible says God closed that door. Don't go there. Wow. Wow. So then he makes a secondary plan. It's okay if, if God, if that door is closed, I'm gonna go to the north. And he starts making plans. He starts to rally the troops. Okay, it's to the north. The Canadians really need God. Let's pull it back. Not quite that far north. <laughs> Not in January, anyway. Okay, we're going to the north, everyone to the north, and the Bible says God closed that door. In fact, the Bible says the Spirit of Jesus closed that door. And when the Spirit of Jesus closed the door, it's closed. I'm just saying that because some of you in 2019 have had some doors closed. That doesn't mean you're not the visionary for 2020. God has closed those doors not to, not to keep you from something. God has closed those doors to get you to somewhere. It's a closed door because God has a better place. So Paul didn't get mad. He didn't throw his his Bible on the ground and say, okay, then I'm just staying home. He says, pray. He's "He's in Troas and he's praying. And while he's in Troas, he gets the vision of this man from northern Greece. Now, until this time, the gospel, the message of Jesus was only in Asia But God knew his plan for the world involved Jews and Gentiles, Asians and non-Asians. He said, there are some Europeans that need God. And he directs Paul towards Macedonia, towards northern Greece, which was the gateway to Europe. And if your ancestry has anything to do with Europe, you can thank God for this vision. And if your nation was ever reached by missionaries who came out of Europe, because that was all part of God's plan, you can thank God for this vision. This is God's plan to move the gospel in a surprising way. And can you see the similarity in the three stories? The visionaries started with their worldview, their box. And God said, no, let me show you this. Saul, he wasn't in my box. Gentiles wasn't in my box. Europe wasn't in my box. But as we start a new year, we need to have a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit to lay down our box or to push aside our lines of the coloring arrangement for this year and to say, God, I am ready for that Holy Spirit that you said would be poured out on the sons and the daughters to show me in 2020 tough people, surprising people, new people that need me because I am a here am I kind of disciple. I'm here, Lord, and I'm ready for you to show me because there are people all around us who need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. We start our year on our calendar in January, the Hebrew calendar starts its year in the fall in Rosh Hashanah. They start Rosh Hashanah with the blowing of the shofar. And it signals a 10-day intense period of self-examination as the Hebrew nation examines themselves. They fast, they pray, they confess. They're getting ready for their most high and holy day, 10 days after Rosh Hashanah, is Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement. The Day of Atonement meaning it's covered. On the Day of Atonement, the high priest in ancient Hebrew culture would cleanse himself, make sure he was totally ceremonially, intellectually, physically clean And then he would go in before the Lord in the Holy of Holies, and he would make a covering, a sacrificial covering, and it would be good for the community. He was representing the community before God. And he said, okay, God, if he came out, he would say, okay, God's got you covered for another year. Now, the message of today is we already have a high priest whose name is Jesus He has already given a sacrificial offering when he was crucified on the cross to cover all your sins. And our message to our community is now God's got you covered, not for the next year. God's got you covered for the next year and the year after that and the year after. In fact, God's got you covered through eternity. He has you covered. It's our message. So at the beginning of our year, it's just good for us to to maybe pause. Be introspective. Come to the same conclusion that all the Hebrews did. We need help. We need a covering. I'm very aware of that. I need a covering. And thanks be to God for Jesus Christ who has covered all of my sins for now and for eternity. Thank you, Jesus. Now help me in 2020 to reach people that are far away from you. Help me to reach the tough people. Help me to reach the surprising people. Help me to reach the people that are not even on my radar screen. Right now, my radar screen is sweeping around, and I don't have, I don't have Macedonia on my screen, but God is going to say, No, you need to look over on this screen because Macedonia is on my screen. Help us to share the good news of Jesus Christ by not living according to our vision, but by receiving a fresh vision from the Holy Spirit of what he wants to do this year. And to the glory of God, may we impact our world. In Jesus' name, let the church say, amen. Amen. Let's close our eyes. Let's open our hearts. I'm gonna invite our prayer team, if you could please join me and stand with me here at the altar. And I wanna make an invitation to everyone in the room. I want you to hear this, God's got you covered. Christ was sacrificed, crucified on the cross, rose from the dead to cover all your sin and all your shame. And I wanna give this invitation because I would like every single person to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I would like 100% of us to have a relationship. You don't have to be good enough to have a relationship. You cannot earn a relationship with Jesus Christ. You just say, I'm going to receive what God is offering me. And you may have been a tough person. And you think, I'm unlikely. I've done things that make me an unlikely candidate. Well, so did Saul, later called Paul. Murdered Stephen. It worked with the murder of Stephen. He had a bad reputation. And God said, I want you. Maybe you're in the group that you think God doesn't care about. But God lets down the sheet and says, okay, I don't care what people call you. They may call you unclean, but I want to clean you up. And today you can receive that cleansing. And here's our prayer. We're going to pray it out loud together, and we're going to pray with all the people in the room. I'd like you to pray it by faith. Let's stand as we pray this prayer, saying out loud before the Father. Dear Heavenly Father, let's pray with all the people around us once again. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I open my heart and my soul to Jesus Christ. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I repent of my sins, and I leave them behind. And I receive your forgiveness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to follow Jesus every day of my life. To the glory of God, we pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. That's a great prayer. Yes, that's, we can affirm that prayer. Yeah. If you are beginning a relationship with God or renewing a relationship with God, it's essential that you pray with one of our prayer team just to seal that. And in a moment, I'm going to invite you to come and do that. But here's the most important question in the room. What is the Lord saying to me? What is the Lord saying to me about my life? What is the Holy Spirit saying to me? And then to pray about that before you go. You may want to come and pray with one of our prayer team about what the Lord is doing in your life. I'll also invite you if you'd like to receive communion, Holy Communion, you can come to a communion Station on the left-hand side or the right-hand side. Remember the message of the gospel, that Christ was crucified for you, your sins. He rose from the dead, and he's present in this moment, and you can celebrate his presence in your heart as you receive communion. You don't have to be a member of this church to receive communion. Just a friend and a follower of Jesus. You don't have to be a member of this church to receive prayer. Just a friend and a follower of Jesus. If you've been a guest here today, let me thank you so much for coming what a great thing to do on the beginning of the year just to say hey I'm coming to church God bless you and just make it a habit this year we believe that God has so much more for you and we want to see you we want to see you experience what God has for your life and we want you to be a part of it so we welcome you the people you are around are not even close to perfect not in a lot of amens I'm going to say it again because I know it's true The people who are around you are not even close to perfect. If you're bruised, if you're broken, if you've been battered, welcome home. God will take your life and do amazing things with you. He specializes in that. If you've been around for a while or if this is your first weekend and you've never stopped by and visited our VIP room, please do that. You're a VIP today back on the left hand side we'd like to gift you we'd like to greet you like to start a relationship with you of friendship and love and prayer please come if you can early morning prayer will be amazing just the discipline of getting up early in the morning is good for our souls it's good to talk back to the alarm clock and say i'm getting up anyway into the glory of god i'm getting up come and enjoy us for prayer i'm going to pray a prayer And then several things will happen. People will come forward and our prayer team will pray with you. The gifts of the Holy Spirit will be manifest. Healings, prophecy, strengthening will take place. People will receive communion. You're welcome to do that. People will worship with the worship team. People will go with the grace of God. But may you walk with Jesus every step of your journey. Now may the Lord bless you. And may the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace, as you trust in God, not leaning on your own understanding, so that you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And may you receive new vision from God for a new year that will take you to places that will amaze you and bless God's people. In Jesus' name, I bless you, and in Jesus' name, you are very blessed. And all of God's people say, amen. Let's give the Lord just an ovation a thanks. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. And please, come forward for prayer. Come forward for communion, and the blessing of the Lord be with you.